Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Brad Stevens. He's the founder and CEO of Outsource Access. Sounds similar to Outsource Accelerator, but it is a little bit different. Brad is a lifetime and serial entrepreneur, and he has turned his entrepreneurial creativity towards the outsourcing industry. We hear about Brad's journey in business and outsourcing, uh, and he has a lot of expertise generally to share in terms of uh, the outsourcing world and also its application to businesses and how it can literally turn around and transform businesses. So it was a great conversation with Brad, and I really did learn a lot. As always, uh, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start, or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Brad, tell us about your own entrepreneurial journey into outsourcing. Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's, uh, everyone does have their own kind of a colorful, interesting journey in this, uh, in this industry. Um, and mine may be similar and, and different from, from others that, that folks have heard, uh, but I ended up you know, being a lifetime entrepreneur myself for, for 20 years and uh, had a number of companies in, in my in my 20s. And my my business before the current one was in the in the teeth whitening phase. We actually manufactured and distributed teeth whitening products all over uh, the world. And long story short, we ended up uh, having a product uh, ha- issue occur with one of our products and um, had a bunch of faulty products that were happening and, and, and failing with clients um, you know, from our manufacturer that changed the component we didn't realize. And so anyway, cash got tight, things got lean, and I had to figure out a different way to do things um, to make you know, dollars stretch. And I'd really, you know, this was back in the day when it was Elance and Odesk before they merged to become you know, Upwork. And, and a friend of mine told me about um, Elance, which was the big platform back then. And I got on and just, I, I remember staying on there for like five hours. I was like, this is going to change how I do everything. <laughs> and uh, next day I went back into the office and I went to my marketing director. And I said, look, we're about to do things. All that stuff you told me you wanted to do that I said we couldn't afford, we're, we're about to do it differently. Things that, it, that were standard, everything from, from web development to, to brochures to getting videos done, to all the kind of stuff we wanted to do to drive leads. Um, and also some creative things I didn't even know you could do, you know, like data scraping and data scraping leads for pennies on a dollar and having people log into LinkedIn accounts and do lead generation. So anyway, that was my initial entry and similar to, you know, from a, a lot of people's COVID type of experience. That was mine back in the day where I had a disaster happen. So it forced me into it, learned how to do it, and, and ended up being able to save that business at that time because of it. So when I ended up exiting that business, I had this knowledge set about it. And um, I'm in, in an organization, I know you're familiar with Entrepreneur's Organization. Um, we meet with a, a group of other business owners monthly to kind of share and be each other's kind of you know sounding board. I'm like, Brad, you, you know, everybody comes to you about wanting to know about this outsourcing, growth hacking, gig economy stuff. Why don't you just launch a business? So I did. And uh, so for several years, I just did a lot of educating and advising, uh, speaking and, and consulting with, with companies and just gave me a chance to really dig deep and live inside of other businesses to see how they could use this. And didn't have my own operation at that time. I would just refer people to companies that, that I thought were did a good job. Um, but at that time, also, I learned the difference between 
tactical kind of one-off outsourcing, like getting a website done or getting a brochure done or getting one-off things done versus having somebody work side by side with you um, in your business, like a virtual assistant, virtual staff. So I hired my first uh, one in, in the Philippines. Everybody kept telling me the Philippines was unique because of English speaking and Americanized culture at that time. Didn't know a whole lot. And, um, and just found a young woman that was just amazing. So she worked side by side as kind of a a full-time staff with me and, and just amazed at how much you absorbed and learned and, and, and driven and self-educated. Um, and then I added a second and a third that were helping me with, with the, the consulting business. And I said, you know, I, I think I want to launch my own operation. I think I've learned enough in this and what the failure points are and how we can make a better operation. So flew to the Philippines, toured 20 facilities in about five days, met with my team over there and, uh, and decided to launch Outsource Access. So um, we launched that back in, in June of 2019 and um, a little over two years later, about 360 staff and, and, and growing strong. And so we suppose chose to focus specifically on highly vetted, competent virtual staff that can plug into small to medium businesses, super sharp and bright, can wear multiple hats and help businesses with a variety of different things. Because that's what I found the real niche and need was in small to medium business. Just like I needed in my business, I needed someone that could wear some operations hat, a marketing hat, maybe some bookkeeping hat, um, but also be very affordable uh, as well. So that's uh, where we are and still do a ton of speaking. I've spoken to, I don't know, 150 plus organizations globally, uh, entrepreneur groups, business groups. I love educating on this. I do three-hour workshops for big you know, business and entrepreneur organizations and webinars and just love spreading the word because it just it was life-changing for me to learn this, even led me to launch a whole company around it and, and uh, sharing the journey with others. It sounds like you're one of many entrepreneurs that, that you know have had their business life changed by outsourcing. And you know, I was the same when I was building a prior business. I found outsourcing and realized the incredible power of it is just absolutely transformative for business. But it's been around for a long time now. You know, kind of accessible to SMEs for fifteen, twenty years, even yet. There's many businesses where it's not yet on the radar. Businesses still don't really understand it. What do you think are the roadblocks for, you know, having otherwise savvy, engaged business owners really explore or get on board with outsourcing? Well, it's, you know, in speaking on this topic and, you know, with having hundreds of entrepreneurs in the room and, and, I, and when I speak on it, I just very interactive and ask people, happy people ask questions. And so I get an interesting cross section of probably I mean, thousands and thousands of people at this point to hear, you know, what people, what people's perspective is on it. And I think most small to medium businesses, I'm sure you've heard in many times before is they just, when they think the word outsourcing, there's just a certain mental picture that comes to mind. And first of all, they think that's just for big, large corporations, you know, outsourcing call centers or just these big bulk activities. And you got to, you know, need to get hundreds and hundreds of people or, um, so a, they don't think it's for them. And then, and then B, um, it, it once they maybe have experienced, seen some of the different channels where they could possibly explore it. There's what I call, you know, these DFCs, doubts, fears, and concerns. Um, uh, whether they're going to you know, foray into it via one of these gig economy platforms like a Fiverr or, or, or an Upwork. Um, but there's, you know, doubt, fears, and concerns about, you know, well, what about competency? Well, what about language barrier? What about culture? What about quality? You know, what, what am I actually going to have this person do? How do I communicate with them? How do I get stuff out of my head and get them to communicate? What about time zones? What about security? You know, it's just a whole range of things that kind of go in that are just, you know, kind of limiting, you know, beliefs. And and to be honest, you know, many years past, I mean, small to medium business accessibility to this world was a little bit more kind of challenging. Um, but but now, you know, it's it's becoming much more accessible. Um, but it, it's just lack of awareness in, in some cases. Still, just a lot of small to medium businesses have just never run across. I mean, I go speak for these entrepreneur organizations that are, you know, a bunch of very progressive business owners that are always wanting to do the most progressive, innovative thing. And, and I, I do a poll at the beginning and, and ask, you know, what percentage of you have, have you know, never kind of gone down this path? And it's, you know, sometimes 30, 40, 50 percent, um, you know, or some of them read, you know, Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Workweek back 10 plus years ago, which is a great book, you know, kind of brought mm -hmm. visibility to this concept. But I think they kind of see it as this novelty thing, not as something that, hey, I could legitimately have somebody from the Philippines doing my bookkeeping for my muffler shop or my insurance agency or my manufacturing operation, you know, in the U.S. somewhere and being a reliable part of their growth strategy. Um, but the ones that do and they connect the dots, as you've seen and I've seen, I mean, it just it truly our tagline for our business is actually redefining how you scale because it really does completely redefine, you know, how you scale. I think we're in a lucky time now because there's this convergence of technology, 
enablement, you know, all the tools that we're all so familiar with now and just the sort of continual progression of globalization, the fact that people are zipping around the world, the fact that they can have phone calls around the world, the fact that sort of all the markets seem to be merging into one. Whereas 20 years ago, I, I it, it, was, it was really a different world in that everyone was very separated and people were very... Uh, they just weren't used to interacting with people globally. So the markets were very different. I listened to an interview with uh, one of the founders of Odesk, you know, and he was saying 20 years ago when he started, it was just such a foreign concept to potentially hire people overseas. You know, how, just how, you know, how would you do it? Whereas now I think, as you said, with uh, the advent of Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week, the normalization of the concept of VAs, and all these gig platforms, at least now people are warmed up to the concept. And even if they haven't explored it themselves, they see it as well-trodden ground. And now there's kind of all the foundational infrastructure to make it easier. So it's yeah, certainly an easier sell. But I'm always surprised, and I don't know, you know about you after you give your talks. And you know, I'm always surprised by how hesitant people are. People see it almost as a... A vitamin as opposed to a painkiller and i think once you start outsourcing you know you realize how powerful it is and how transformative it is and you know you should have done it 10 years ago instead of waiting another few months do you you know do you how do you see your conversion rates and people sort of giving this a go do you still see a hesitancy yeah, I mean, it's it's always that distribution, right? You see the people in the room that just like their eyes, you can see it in their eyes. They're like, just like I did when I kind of, a friend told me about it and I got on Elance that, that night, you know, almost 10 years ago. And it was just like, this is going to change everything. Like they, they start mm -hmm. connecting the dots and you're seeing a larger and larger percentage of them doing that. That's why, you know, when I do, when I do talks, um, well, first of all, to comment on your first first you know reflection there, I completely agree. I actually just this past Friday I just recorded a, a TEDx talk. Um, my first TEDx, always been wanting to do one, so I'm a bit on the, on the list. Um, called "Personalized Global Economies uh, Are Redefining Entrepreneurial Success," and um, it's interesting. It seemed like that phrase, like it's it's almost like having your own personal global economy at your fingertips now, um, on both sides of the equation, and just kind of shared. You know, through, through the lens of both, the, you know, the the entrepreneur when in, in the U.S. Or, or, or otherwise, that's you know, why do only four percent of them get over a million dollars? You know, why did thirty percent fail the first two years? Why did fifty percent fail the first five years? And talk about it. You know, you know, there's time risk, there's money risk, there's lack of knowledge and resources. You know, they can't sustain setbacks, and it's amazing how this whole concept of, of outsourcing, whatever you want to call it, outsourcing, gig economy, personalized global economies. I mean, it literally eliminates those constraint points. Now you still have the valid idea. This doesn't mean you can take a crappy idea and all of a sudden outsourcing is going to help make your crappy idea a success. Mm. But if you got a valid concept, it, it can mobilize it and bring it to life. Um, you know, without those barriers and those, those, you know, constraints. Um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so I mean, I can align exactly with the way you're you know, reflecting there. Um, but as far as people getting on board with it, um, you know, that's, it's, Again, there's kind of a variance in the room, and, and that's why in my talks and in speaking, I try and be very case study driven, right? I find that most all of us learn best by example and, and visual as well. So, you know, in a three-hour talk, in the very beginning of it, we kind of just do this constraints exercise, and I say, look, we're not, before we say a thing about outsourcing, I'm, I'm, I just first, let's in the room kind of bring the misery to the surface, and, and I have everybody put down on paper, you know, hey, I want you to tell me, what are your three biggest growth constraints right now for your business in the next 12 to, you know, 12 to 24 months? And we go in each category, finance, operations, marketing, sales, and everybody shares in the room, raises their hand, don't have enough salespeople, can't figure out LinkedIn, don't know how to do social media, need somebody to do our QuickBooks, need more outbound leads, yada, yada. And it's fascinating. All that kind of comes to the surface. And then I'm like, all right, everybody, now, you know the traditional ways that you go about solving that problem. Let me take you on a journey of a whole different way of overcoming those challenges. And I go through about 30 or 40 case studies um, across multiple industries, you know, product-based businesses, service-based businesses, and then examples across all the functions in a business, finance examples, marketing examples, sales examples. Um, and you can just see one by one in the, in the room, the eyes light up. And I may not be you know, speaking about their exact type of industry or business, 
but they, it's close enough. Um, you know, I, I've got an example of a guy with a, with a commercial HVAC repair business that, you know, traditional, you know, blue collar, if you will, type of business. And, um, you know, <laughs> he is growing at a rate beyond his peers, have no clue how they are. He is blowing through uh, the, the growth path in, the, in that industry because it's typically very mom and pop and fractured. And I share how he went from zero to 15 VAs and just, I mean, almost quadrupled his revenue in a three to four year time frame. And everybody's in the home service business, like all of a sudden they get to the edge of their seat and they now see how they can integrate this. Hmm. So that's what I find is, you know, ones that are not clear, there's still some you get to the very end and they still just don't quite, quite understand it, but being very case study driven and showing examples uh, so they can see exact, here's this person's exact problem. Here's how they integrated, you know, an outsourced resource. Here's how they brought them on board. Here's what they did. And here was the, the financial impact. Um, I mean, that, that other example, I mean, when the first thing I shared an example, uh, a, a company, they were struggling with receivables, right? They, you know, they, they would, I mean, had these big, large clients that, that would take you know, 90 days plus to pay them. And the CFO was getting bogged down, chasing down dollars. So the first thing they did was get a VA to plug in, to work with a CFO that did nothing but teach them how to go into their ERP system and send emails and follow-ups to get reminders of cash in the door to get paid sooner. And inside of six months, eliminated their need for a half a million dollar line of credit. I mean, literally no longer needed a line of credit to sustain their cash flow because they had a VA chasing down receivables. So it's just, you go through those examples one after one after one, and everybody in the room can relate to their similar, similar pain points. And you do the same thing in marketing and do the same thing in sales. And that's when I start seeing people wake up and they get it when you, when they can see themselves through the lens of, of the examples you're sharing. And it's funny because none of it is rocket science particularly, is it? You know, just get someone dedicated to following up the overdue invoices. It's it's definitely not rocket science, but I suppose it's the powerful combination of having resources that you can then afford, you know, that are that are cheap enough that you can have them just focus on one particular task. And then the multiplication of value that you get from that is phenomenal. You know, someone just focusing on that task could bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, in in days, weeks, or months that previously wouldn't have been there, and it also frees the CFO that is no doubt you know earning a hefty salary to do more high value stuff. So it, it's very yeah. sort of basic in concept, but the the value add is is huge, isn't it? And you just need to kind of, as you say, demonstrate that for people. Well, part of the problem, Derek, too, is just. And we all know it as entrepreneurs and typical being firstborn A-types a lot of times in some cases, or, or at least act like that, is it's just a matter of control. You know, I mean, it's, it's go, you know, going back to the old classic book, The E-Myth, um, are you going to work on the business or work in the business? And, 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 and so many entrepreneurs, whether they started off being an entrepreneur or they worked in a, in a you know, worked for a, you know, for corporate environment or otherwise, um, it's just control. And it's like, unless I control every aspect of this, this thing that I'm launching, you know, the marketing and the operations and the finance and collecting bills and doing sales and so forth, unless I can control all that, then, then I I don't feel secure. And, and so, you know, even if they can see a hundred case studies of, of the validity of it and and that it works. And, and that's part of, I think why it helps with, with what I'm doing is there's not a lot of people doing the kind of speaking engagements and and stuff that I'm, that I'm doing and very case study driven of somebody that's lived and breathed it in my own story. And, and then, you know, I've built a company now to 350 plus people in in two years and it's building authority and credibility with people that you know what you're talking about. So I think a lot of times, you know, people see these Yahoo folks on, you know, on Facebook ads that talk about, you know, they just, it's more this sensational novelty approach versus a fundamental business growth strategy. And I think I, it helps having some credibility of doing this and growing it as a business and not this, oh, I can, you know, outsource my job for $3 an hour and, and you know, kind of that more of that, that mentality and approach. Um, so from a credibility standpoint, I think it helps. But even once you establish all the credibility, they see 30, 40 case studies of it, they still can't take our hands off of the control. Um, I mean, like you and I said, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's just math. It's, it's, it's thinking through the lens of opportunity costs, which all, all of us learned in third grade, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing this is going to cost me this if I don't do this other thing, but it's just them willing to get their hands off the wheel. And that's, I mean, in our model, when I, when I created outsource access, knowing that that's the mindset of a lot of people, we, I tried to create a very intentional plan that lets someone who's, all right, I've heard you. you. You say this thing's fantastic. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a dip my toe in the water. 
And because you're guilty till proven innocent in this space, right? And you can kind of relate when people that want to go down and explore outsourcing and work with your company, you know, it's like, ah, I know all these DFCs, doubt, fears, and concerns. And when I've heard all this negative stuff, you got to prove to me that this can be successful. Um, and just really help them get their hands wrapped around it, teach them how to use the tools that make it easy to communicate, to get things out of their head, using things like screencasting and Loom. And that just the greases the wheels in the whole process. You kind of have to you, know, you put the training wheels on as you go through the process. And then once they get their hands on the wheel, and they're like, oh, wow, wow, this, this car drives nice. It's, it's smooth. It, it responds. It, it does what I'm expecting. Then that's when you see them really kind of get an appetite for it and, and grow. So it's, it's really fascinating to see the broad spectrum of mindsets of entrepreneurs out there that, that get it quickly and those that take a little bit longer. And so introduce outsource access then, Brad. We've, we've only sort of spoken about it tangentially, but uh, you started a couple of years ago. It's three, over 350 staff now. What is, your, you know, what is your sweet spot? Like how do you feel your position within the market? Yeah, so we, um, you know, can you know, kind of launched this based on what my experience was, and, uh, and and just had a phenomenal base team that I was using my own business, using you know a team in the, in the Philippines, and decided, you know, hey, I, I see that there's a a market for this, a unique niche to kind of fill that I didn't think was being filled exactly, and um, and use that kind of base team to kind of grow and and expand and and use everything I've learned. I mean, I'm 41, actually, be 42 next month. Um, you know, 20 years plus years as, a, as an entrepreneur, learning from the experiences in growing, building a company to to do things properly, and you know, using proven systems and frameworks like EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and I'm a huge fanatic of Jim Collins and, and integrate the entire flywheel and. Um, you know, hedgehog and, and good to great concepts into, into our business. Um, and then kind of our vetting and assessment process. So it, it was about getting the right framework, the right people and, and treating people right to begin with. Um, cause that was one of the failure points that, that I observed. So I tried to take all the failure points I saw myself from working with outsourcing companies and even some that I referred to that ended up not kind of performing as well and said, what are, what are the challenges that we're going to try and overcome? And so the, the biggest need I saw is most small to medium business out there. And we're not trying to go after Fortune 100, Fortune you know, 1000 type of companies. I, I'm just, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. It, it's the lifeblood of our economy. And if we can help small to medium businesses thrive and be successful, you know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's the most aligned I've ever been in any business I've had with what we're doing. So most small to medium business I've found, they don't need just, just bookkeeping or, or just someone doing calls for leads. And where a lot of these outsourcing companies are kind of a one size fits all or just one item is they need they have a collection of things underneath the hood of their business. And they need somebody that can come to the table that's a fast learner, good communicator, and can take feedback. Just like how, you know, my very first, you know, VHSL was, you know, for me. And if you bring that person to the table, as you and I have talked about, most, a lot of the things that need to be done in the business aren't aren't rocket science. They usually fall in one of two buckets. It's either something that the owner or key staff are doing that isn't the best use of their time. Like we're talking about the CFO, right? I mean, you're paying a CFO 60, 70, 80 grand a year. You don't want them chasing down receivables. Um, or if you're the owner and you're just starting the business, you need to be out probably doing business development, growing the business, not spending hours on WordPress trying to get your you know, drop-down navigation menu right on your website. So it's things that people are doing that aren't the best use of their time. And then the second bucket, or what are the things on the radar that they want to get to in their business that they haven't due to time, money, or knowledge constraints. Don't have enough time to do it. Don't, don't have the enough you know, to money to invest to, to pay someone to do it. Or I just don't have the knowledge to do it. You know, I, I'd love to go into LinkedIn and start generating leads and reaching out for my business, but I, I don't know how to do all that. So when you do those two buckets, you find a collection of things under the hood of a small to medium business that they just need someone that can come in and start helping and, and supporting um, with, with core issues. And you know, if they're using any of the softwares and CRM softwares and platforms, they're usually using about 10% of their capabilities because you know, they just don't have the time, money, or, or resources to engage. So small to medium business is kind of our, you know, our target. I mean, you know, everything from a million to I mean, 500,000 to, to a million in revenue to you know, largest client, you know. Uh, close to, to 100, 100 million, um, and bring someone to the table through our process that that can be a fast learner, good communicator, can take feedback. So a couple of things I chose to incorporate in the Philippines. So we decided to create a corporation there and hire everybody as full-time employees um, to address one of the con issues was people deal with high 
uh, high turnover and deal with competency. They get somebody in, they're excited about them, things start working, and 60, 90 days, the person disappears. Well, what happened? Well, a lot of these companies hire folks as contractors, and that person is looking for other opportunities, and boom, they disappear. By being incorporated, you know, it's a different experience we're creating. You know, during our interview process, we're like, if you want to be a job hopper and bounce around, then this isn't for you. you know, we want to hire you as an employee. We pay your, your health insurance benefits, what they kind of qualify. I want people that are going to take this as a career path so that they're committed, engaged, and, and are passionate about our culture and our, you know, and our company. Um, and then we do IQ testing, emotional intelligence testing, all the assessments up front to make sure we get the right people who are competent, sharp, and can you know, in, engage. And then the culture experience at the company itself. I mean, we're fanatical about the culture we create, um, the, the, the experiences, the engagement. And COVID's created some limitations. Um, but, you know, things like, you know, Christmas this past year, you know, the holidays, is, you know, Christmas is big in the Philippines as well. And, you know, we couldn't have a big party. So we, all our managers, we rented vans and, you know, COVID protected with masks, went hand-delivered. At that time, we were 200 employees, hand-delivered Christmas baskets to every single one of our employees throughout the entire you know, southern part of the Philippines. So just showing you people that you care and create a positive, engaging uh, culture that can just change the game and the right of people that you're bringing, you know, bringing to the table. And Brent, you mentioned you know incredible solutions, kind of bespoke solutions for each business, uh, and these are you know super attractive. And then it's obvious why people should start. But are you then? How do you sort of deliver on those solutions? You're providing the staffing. Do you then provide the roadmap and the support and the sort of skill development for each of those? the execution of each solution or are you providing the staffing and then the client manages the the operations and deliverables yeah so we that's that's the additional gap that we fill that i, I also found was was you know in, in some companies it's not an issue but but others it is where there's a there's some companies that are outsourcing firms that you can pay them they'll do the hr the recruiting they'll get you a person they'll give you a physical space computer and so forth but then you're left i mean they're your employee now but now you've got to get them trained onboarded skilled and so forth so not only do we hire them as full-time employees in our business but yeah we have a whole management architecture we have team leaders per 15 to 20 vas so they have a direct kind of report and so again that was one of the failure points i found with a lot of companies is they don't help people really you know, they get excited about it. They may have a few things top of mind that they think this could be a fit with, but you've got to have a, a real kind of deep dive assessment and discovery session with that, with that client um, to help them figure out what this journey needs to look like. So, you know, we do a whole discovery initial session with people that are interested in, in kind of working with us and get them to do like those two buckets I talked about. What are things that you or your team are doing that aren't the best use of your time? What are things you want to get to that are on the radar that you haven't due to time, money, and knowledge constraints? Let's look at that whole brain dump together. And then let's then rank those. And look, we can't do all that stuff tomorrow, but let's rank those and figure out which ones are going to have the highest ROI, um, the biggest impact. That'll be kind of where we start first with your with your staff. And we'll also see what skill, you know, skills that they're looking for. You know, again, you know, trying to find a VA that's an expert in everything. Um, but again, a lot of stuff in a business, you know, they want them to put their hands on some operational controls that are in their business. Again, not rocket science. They're just processes and protocols we need to get defined. Um, and we create a whole playbook from day one too. So from day one, we create a playbook. So we have every single thing documented that we're doing for that client. And we, and we are very big on using tools like Screencast-O-Matic or Loom that allows the client to just record their screen, their voice, and their mouse. They could send it over, showing exactly how to do certain things within certain you know, online systems. It's very simple and easy to use. It's, it's one of the biggest thank yous I get from our clients because they find tons of ways they use that in their business otherwise. Um, but do that discovery session, create that playbook. And then we have a very intentional 90-day um, you know, accelerated onboarding process so that we want to get that person plugged in and delivering value um, and paying for themselves, frankly, within the first you know, 30 to 45 days, if not, if not sooner. And then we have ongoing reassessments. It's like, all right, we got their hands on the wheel. They're doing X, Y, and Z function. Now let's re-index here at 45 days, see how they're doing, how they're performing with that. The team leader, as well as our director of client success, kind of get involved in it. And then we re-index and say, okay, we got these things underway. Now let's look at this next set of things that were on your list that we can tackle. We had a client the other day that's in the uh, irrigation business. And the first thing they wanted their VA to do was kind of come in and help with uh, this platform called Service Titan. It's the software that's used in the home service industry, but they're barely using all of its capabilities. So we had a VA come in, got trained up on it, learned it, never used it in data's life, but went in through all the training and within a week was in there doing functions and, and, and taking things over from their, from their employees that wasn't the best use of their time. 
after being in it for several months, went back to that list. And the other thing they had on their list was wanted to do social media. So that VA not only is now helping manage and oversee, you know, the service Titan software and do a lot of the backend logistics and communications with their vet, their techs out in the field and so forth. But now got them fully trained on doing social media. So he's going to be creating graphics and content and going and posting them on their Facebook page or LinkedIn uh, profiles and so forth. Again, a lot of the limiting beliefs is like, Oh, for somebody's going to do social media, they have to have had 10 years experience and, and have all this knowledge about it. And social media isn't a rocket science element. It's just a process of what content are we going to post? Let's create a framework, how we're going to create that content. And then it's about doing it consistently. And that's what a VA is able to kind of you know, help with. So it's really about helping put their hands on the wheel, give them a discovery assessment process to guide that, that journey, and then you know, keep in touch with them as they grow. And, and frankly, that's why we've been so fortunate. I mean, our growth, to be honest, Eric, I haven't even unleashed our full marketing PR plan. I mean, we're at, we're growing about 15 to 20 new clients per month driven so much by word of mouth and existing clients adding additional VAs because once they see this performance, I mean, I can tell them all, all day how great all this is, but not until they start experiencing it for themselves. And they're like, Oh, Brad wasn't kidding. Like outsource access. This is person sharp, bright. They're competent. Oh, I see where I can add a second and a third and a fourth. Um, and then it kind of organically unfolds from there. If we do our job in delivering and we do not fall into the negative stigmas that that person had going into it about competency, about turnover, about this, that, and the other, we're trying to combat those so they had the right experience and see this as a strategic part of their growth. And those negative stigmas, they're, they're pretty strong, aren't they? Because a lot of people go into this, you know, and they're still a little bit skeptical. And if anyone is five minutes late or there's a mistake, you know, things that can happen with onshore traditional employees they can you know kind of immediately write this whole thing off and it's difficult to get people to sort of approach this you know completely openly give it a really good shot and then but as you say you know the ones that then do realize that very quickly that this is an absolute game changer and then within a month or two they're adding kind of multiple new staff it's um it, it's really important to get those quick wins and get the confidence there isn't it yeah that's why we you know we take that whole brain dump and say okay of all that stuff you dumped, let's choose the top five to seven that have the highest ROI, right? You know, owner, you're doing A, B, and C when you get this stuff off your plate, right? Your marketing person is doing C, D, and E and you get that off their plate. Uh, you know, you've got all of this raw footage of these amazing, amazing video testimonials that you got two years ago, but you haven't done anything with because you haven't been able to afford someone to edit and get those up on your site. Let's knock that out. You don't have a LinkedIn presence. Let's get that knocked out and get a VA in there engaging. Um, you know, kind of just looking at the things that can have the highest ROI and then get their hands on the wheel to start delivering value as, you know, as quickly as they can. And yeah, it just kind of naturally starts to unfold. But the message ultimately, Derek, is this isn't a short-term tip or trick. I mean, this is where everything is going. Some, I mean, small to medium businesses in the U.S. and Canada or otherwise, and, and obviously there's an advantage there more so from a currency strength, you know, standpoint, but like, it's not, you know, oh, this will be gone in a couple of years. It's a fad. It's where everything is going and small to medium businesses that don't get on board with this, whether you use, you know, us or anyone else, um, you just will have no choice, no choice, but, but not compete. And that commercial HVAC business I shared with you, I mean, they're, they're seeing their competitors drop left and right because, you know, it's an old school mentality and, you know, they aren't doing things as progressively. They have, people look from the outside, they have no idea as a commercial HVAC repair business, how in the world are they growing as fast and quick as they are? And it's because he's got this whole back-end machine in the Philippines that drives operations, logistics, bookkeeping, and so forth, supporting their existing staff um, that none of the others are doing. Yeah. I think that's a good point, well, I mean, point to mention. The, the key is it's not just to save money, is it? That's a complete sort of misconception of outsourcing. It's the fact that you can build an army three times bigger, three times stronger than any of your competitors. You know, And if you can triple your army, it means you can – do more research, implement more strategy, you know, out-operate everyone in your market. It's so, so powerful, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's the agility. I mean, COVID has been an example more than ever. Th those that know this world and how to engage it and leverage it, I mean, it's like, I always talk about it's like when I have a slide that has like a, a big, shiny red toolbox. I'm like, this is like having a magic toolbox that you feel invincible, honestly. I mean, I, anybody throws any kind of crisis at you. Um, like I talked about in my TED talk, I mean, you know, one of the things that people fail from is they can't sustain step setbacks, you know, assuming they got the money and the time to get their business launched and they figure out how to do it. You know, a, a crisis happens or a mess happens and due to their cost structure and lack of agility, you know, they can't maneuver. And so, you know, 
outsourcing and, and it's not just outsourcing. It's I, mean, I have a podcast too called automate and delegate um, what you should not be doing. And it's, and it's, you know, I interview guests and have them share specific examples, but it's a, it's a, it's a whole mindset of automate and, and, and delegate and, and, and VAs and outsourcing and, and so forth are a part of that. Then there's also integrating the tech tools like you were referencing before. There's more stuff than ever out there to, to combine these things together. Like Calendly that does automatic. I can't believe people still play the game, emailing back and forth of like, well, when can we talk? Well, next Thursday, well, I want to go back to my calendar and write a bunch of bullet points of times and send it back to you. And hours and hours and hours are wasted per month on that. When you can use a tool like Calendly that boom, you click and you can automatically book in someone's calendar. But it's a blend of all those things together, you know, that makes, you know, that makes the big, the big difference. There's an incredible value there, Brad, because you're not only, you know, providing incredible resources at, you know, a hefty, hefty discount. It's, let's be sort of open with this to, to sort of Western salaries, but you're providing the solutions and, and it's the expertise and it's the infrastructure that you're providing along with this. Now, you have been in entrepreneurship for 20 years, so have I, and, you know, I can go in, you know, as you can and really deep dive into business and, and sort of come up with 100 ideas of how you can turn things around. But how do you scale that? How do you how do you sort of build a team around you uh, and, and sort of in uh, outsource access that can also have that wisdom and insight and be able to work with clients at scale and sort of be able to build out these strategies? System and process. I mean, it's a, it's system and process and it's right people, right seats. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, leaning on everything I've learned from you know, wins and, and, and losses in the past on things that worked or didn't work. And, and one is, and, and again, back to Jim Collins and I, our, we implemented EOS. If anybody's not familiar with it, it's called Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's just a it's a framework of how to run your business. Um, we've always we've always done some similar things with quarterly goal planning and so forth, but it just adds a whole another you know another layer. And so one of the things, the things we've done to kind of create the right infrastructure so we can do this at scale. I mean, it's it's allowed. I mean, <laughs> and I haven't even been able to go back over there since I went there the first time because of COVID. So I've had to do this on the other side of the globe and go to 350 people in two years without. <laughs> without being able to go there in person. So you have no choice but to have systems, processes, frameworks, and tools to get the right people in the right seats. Um, and so, you know, I, I was very fortunate with, with, with Jay Sell, who I met kind of in the beginning, who's now become our chief operating officer. Crazy. My very first VA that I thought was just going to manage my email and do my calendar appointments. <laughs> Fast forward several years as a chief operating officer over, you know, 350 folks. Um, it continues to raise the lid of her capability and, and performance. Um, and so getting her and then, and, and then the people we've surrounded around them. And so we use a tool called Culture Index. That's a, an assessment tool that lets us evaluate and people take an assessment and it helps us figure out where their strengths, where their weaknesses, are they going to be able to perform? What, what are their natural inherent capabilities that are just blueprint by the, by the age of 12, according to the, to the, to the, the framework of this uh, platform? These are things that are kind of hard-coded. It aren't going to change a whole lot. And so it lets you really know who people are and are they going to be successful or not. I mean, we've had some missteps in that. We've had some that have been a good fit and some that whenever we went against what Culture Index shared, we found that we had some missteps. So using tools to get the right people in the right seats, using a framework like EOS, um, Entrepreneurial Operating System, to, to run in, in our management team. We develop very specific 90-day goals. Everybody has specific milestones to accomplish those. We have weekly meetings called Level 10 meetings where it's 90 minutes long that um, are highly, highly structured. We actually had one earlier today because uh, we're recording on a Monday. And in 90 minutes, you get, I mean, a personal check-in with your management team. You go through all your metrics and scorecards. You know exactly where you are, what you're doing. And then you do problem solving for any key issues that are constraints that you do kind of at the end. Um, and we actually had an EOS implementer as an EO Philippines member that was uh, a phenomenal implementer. And she's the one that had us read Good to Great. And I'd read Jim Collins back 10 plus years ago, you know, as a smaller-minded entrepreneur. I was like, oh, these are some great concepts. And we reread that, and through the lens of running this organization, I was also president of the Atlanta chapter for the Entrepreneurs Organization this past year, because I'm in Atlanta in the U.S.-based. And I was like, these are truly epically timeless principles of how to build and grow a, a business that, that, that will last the, the, you know, the, the tale of time. And so I became a huge student of it, and we revisited you know, what, what kind of a flywheel are we building, what's our hedgehog concept to keep us focused, um, level five leadership, bullets before cannonballs, 
um, just a lot of those philosophies that we kind of you know live by. So I say all that to say to answer your question, it starts with building the right foundation, the right framework, the right people, systems and processes. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of phenomenal things that are out there. And then level five leadership that Collins talks about that I aspire to, the difference between level four and level five is a level of, of humility and, you know, being appreciative of your team and pouring back then and, and show that you care. And as you know yourself, I mean, the hum- Filipino culture, just showing that you're appreciative and that you care. I still write personal welcome messages to every single VA that comes on board with us and show that I care about their personal growth and development. And it's, it's one of my favorite things to do in this company. And they write me a novel back a lot of times of just how appreciative and thankful for they are for this opportunity, how much they love outsource access. So that's really what's been the key is getting the right people in, in place. And, um, and a lot of our you know, people that come to the table, um, you know, they watch my videos and webinars. So I've recorded webinars and content where they can watch, even if they're not watching me in person, they can see exactly what we do, how we work on our website. I have a whole video where I walk through our entire model. So I'm actually using video for myself to communicate a lot of what our capabilities are and what we do. And then, you know, our, our team, you know, has been learning those key frameworks and just kind of follow the process. Yeah, that's huge, isn't it? And Brad, money then, how, how do people pay for this? Because as I said, not only are people getting a full-time employee and they're getting all of the infrastructure around it, they're getting all of those tools uh, and experience and expertise. So how do you how do you structure this? As far as how our model rolls out? Yeah, in terms of the price modeling. and Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing we've, another failure point I learned in, in any business, right, is just the more complicated you might make your process and your pricing structure, the more friction you're creating from people kind of wanting to move move ahead and you're putting them through more mental gymnastics to figure things out. Like, do I want, well, do I want 10 hours? Do I want 20 hours? Do I want this price point? You know, a complicated, you know, kind of restaurant menu, if you will. So we've, we've chosen to keep ours very straightforward. So we have a discovery assessment process at the very beginning. Um, and we, we charge $495 US, you know, for that. Um, and, uh, you know, something we do and for podcast listeners that are, that are following, we'll, we take a hundred dollars off of that. If, uh, you mentioned, um, this podcast, um, but it's also fully refundable too, right? So we charge that because we want people that are serious about this process and, and because we also do put a lot of time and, and effort into it. I mean, we're selective about who we work with. I, I don't want some fly by night. That's just, you know, not paying attention, not committed. You get another super scattered, unorganized, you know, entrepreneur that just thinks that someone's going to read their mind and it's going to solve all their problems. So we, we charge for a discovery process. So, and we put a lot of time, we have them fill out a brief online assessment. Then we have a deep dive call, unpack all of what their situation is, their business, do a discovery of what their tech platforms that they're using. What are their CRMs? What are their bookkeeping? What is their email marketing? Yada, yada. Um, and then kind of figure out that list of what are your constraints, things you're doing that aren't the best use of your time, things you want to be getting to. Um, and if for some reason we get through our whole process and we don't find a VA, um, we're happy to refund that or, or no questions asked. I mean, literally if someone you know, emails us the next day and is like, Hey, I had a great conversation, but we don't want to move forward. Fine. Cause we have very, very little of that. Uh, cause we, I mean, we just have a lot of confidence in our, in our process, but it's fully refundable. So people can go in risk, risk free and uh, no questions asked, happy to refund at any time. But after we do that discovery process, then we go through and, and we have a whole HR recruitment team that, that we're going through. I mean, hundreds of applicants a month, um, evaluating, putting people through uh, IQ testing, project management competency, uh, the culture index uh, tool that I mentioned, um, deep interviews to make sure they're committed to this, to, to kind of a career path. And then once we've narrowed it down to at least a minimum of three candidates, we send that over to someone and they see, they get a link to their profile, a video they've shot of themselves, introducing themselves, um, kind of how they performed on all the different assessments. So they get a feel for that individual. And then they do a live Zoom call, you know, with them to, to kind of go get on and, you know, feel for the chemistry and so forth. And, and we tell them, look, this is a person that may not be an expert in every aspect of what you're wanting, but this is a fast learner, good communicator, can take feedback, and we will get them integrated into your business rapidly. Now, if they want someone that has particular experience in some social media in the past or maybe some experience with QuickBooks or whatever, we, we'll certainly recruit for that and try and bring someone to the table. But we have a very intentional boot camp that when we bring someone on, if there's any area of additional skill they're looking for, uh, like they want them to manage LinkedIn, we have a whole highly intensive LinkedIn training that we put a VA through so that they can build the skills to support um, that, that client. And then we create that playbook. So once they make a selection on a VA, they get started with us. And then we just charge $16.95 a month is what our rate, flat $16.95 um, uh, US. Uh, and that's for a dedicated full-time resource to their, uh, to their business. And 
it, that takes a different journey with every single client that we work with. You know, we have a director of client success, we have the VA, we have a team leader, and we want to make sure they are started off on a fantastic footing. We create that playbook. We teach them how to do screencasting to communicate workflows and, uh, and, and chop that, that list down, um, over the first 90 days and tackle those first high ROI activities and then dive into the rest of it and then have ongoing monthly engagement connections. We even have a, a roving client engagement manager as well. That's job entirely is to do nothing but make calls every single day to existing clients to make sure that they're happy. And is there anything we can do better on top of the monthly surveys we do to get assessments and see how they're performing? Um, just to try and stay in touch and make sure that they're you know successful. So that's kind of the journey. And, you know, every client, we're not, we're, we're working in all kinds of different industries out there. We're not specific to any industry. Most businesses, regardless of industry, have that collection of administrative and operational and marketing clutter that needs to be done. Um, and we have clients with one or two VAs up to, like I said, we got one client with, you know, 80 plus with us. And do you do you focus specifically on VAs as in as in sort of generalists? Any do you offer any specialized services such as accountants or architects or uh, property appraisers? You know anything that are that are very kind of vertical specific. Uh, and. In some cases, yes. Yeah. So I'm, you know, we're trying to come up with a different phrase aside from virtual assistant, right? Because when most people think about that, they think of a glorified like Siri or you know someone that's going to be a, a virtual kind of person that can like get their coffee. Um, you know, we try to use the word kind of virtual, you know, staff. Um, well, something I forgot to mention too is, you know, we don't believe in long term contracts at all either. Um, you know, we ask for ninety days, then it goes on a thirty day basis. Because if we're doing our job and performing, we're going to have a long term relationship, which is a another key thing that I that I believe in. But yeah, with our with our model, if we bring if someone wants a someone that's a specialist in a certain area, we will certainly recruit for that because we got enough candidates that we're kind of going through that we can bring um, you know, someone with a little bit more skill and expertise in a certain area if if that's what they're looking for. As far as being like a, a dedicated pure like call center, that there are companies out there that do that, that they can you know get a bank of fifty you know people calling at a given time. Um, we don't do that, but, uh, but yeah, we've actually got several CPAs that are on staff that, um, that are constantly training and, and educating on, on QuickBooks. Cause again, that's a perfect example. QuickBooks is not rocket science. QuickBooks is a set of processes and protocols. And to be honest, each person uses it a bit differently, right? So even if you train someone up on QuickBooks, they then still have to learn how a, a client, you know, wants them to, to use it. Do they have automated rules set up? You know, do they have their chart of accounts established? Um, you know, you have to kind of get a, you know, accommodate to whatever their specific, you know, kind of needs are. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, if it's specialized, one thing we do do is we have over 200 specialized, talented people supporting, um, those, uh, those VAs. So whenever someone brings on a virtual staff that plugs into their business and is doing a variety of different tasks and functions, if they have something that they need that's outside of that VA skill set, for example, like video editing, like we had a client that, their VA was doing a bunch of operational and marketing support types of things, but they specifically had some raw footage and they needed to that raw video footage converted into testimonials and music put on the front and, you know, their logo on the front and the back and so forth. Well, that VA just worked with, we have several video editors on staff, so they just work with them to, to get the project done. And we just include that as part of our 1695 per month. Um, you know, if somebody needs high end brochures and, and literature done, if somebody, um, just happens to need something that's outside that VA specific skill set because that's not what they hired them for because they don't need them to do that every single day, but they may need it as a one-off type of project. I mean, and, and we pretty much include that. The, the only time we charge a little more for it is if it's a high volume, like if somebody needed 20 videos done, you know, um, you know, we, uh, you know, I think we charged like one client wanted a bunch of them done. And I think we did the first three or four as part of their monthly fee, but we charged them, I think like 40 bucks for the other ones. Or if it's something like a huge project outside of what their core needs were initially with their VA, like we had a client that wanted to launch a whole new business and he needed a logo done, a website built. So his VA helped oversee that project, but was busy doing all their core stuff. And um, I think we charged him like 600 bucks extra. I got him a logo, website built, and launched, WordPress site launched in 30 days, which is a fraction of what, you know, would have paid for, you know, kind of otherwise. Um, so it's, yeah. it's about so making that value, bespoke huh? custom yeah. solution that can meet their needs. Yeah, and it can, it can, as you say, it can literally transform a business. It's, uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's all out there and people just need to really explore this and, and dip their toe in. You know, and I always, always encourage people just to, just to really openly explore it. And, you know, it might not be for them, but have a phone call, have a discussion and, and 
give it a go because it really is so transformative for so many so many businesses. Brad, well, it's been absolutely uh, incredible. So much insight. Uh, so. As always, as I've said, you know, I encourage everyone to to reach out and to have a phone call and to see how this could impact uh, and influence their business. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about outsource access, how can they do that? Sure. Um, so the first thing I'll say, something we do, and I do this with all of my speaking as well, is, I mean, we've had a lot of just great, you know, to your point earlier, is just get yourself educated even further on this on this subject matter. Um, so if anybody listening, if you just send an email to tools, T-O-O-L-S, tools at outsourceaccess.com, um, and just put accelerator um, in the in the subject line, um, just shoot that, as you can imagine, have a VA that kind of manages that. Um but uh, shoot that to us, and, and we'll be happy to send you um, some recordings of educational webinars that I've done, a list of over 200 tools um, that, that we found that are great, easy to use, and most of them free productivity hacks and tools. Um, even send you a list of 125 growth opportunities that we had somebody data scrape um, that have come because of COVID, um, organized and structured by industry and type. Um, so if you send an email to that, happy to, to shoot that your way and it'll have some more information kind of about what, what we do and an addictive tool series. So we send one tool per week, just a really cool, innovative tech tool. Well, obviously you can opt out at any time, but we have like a 95% retention rate on it. People love getting it. It only comes once a week. Um, but aside from that, just go to outsourceaccess.com forward slash process. I mean, go to our homepage, but if you go to outsourceaccess.com forward slash process, there's a video there where I take you behind the scenes in the Philippines um, and show you exactly behind the scenes what our world looks like, what we do, how we operate. I take you through step-by-step step what our whole model is and our, and our approach. Um, and right below that, there's an opportunity to, to book a call with someone from our team to just learn more and to have a chat and discussion. Um, or if you want to proceed forward with that discovery process, um, you know you can do that there and it's uh, you know, completely you know, risk-free, no, no full refund if it's, if it's not a fit for you. And otherwise, and visit on LinkedIn. You go to Brad Stevens uh, forward slash uh, Brad Stevens forty four. I guess I should know my direct LinkedIn uh, link. Most people just search on there. Yeah, I'll put um, the LinkedIn as well. But, yeah, they can search it. But check out LinkedIn and, and Facebook as well. Uh, we're we're all there and, and sharing content and, and information. And and if you're on our website, go to outsourceaccess.com. There's a uh, uh, a guide that pops up that's seven tasks you can get immediately RO, immediate ROI on with with VAs um, that you can drop your email in and it'll send you a guide that, that a lot of people like as well. Gosh, so much value. Thank you, Brad. Incredible, incredible insights as always. And I'm going to be looking out for that TEDx talk. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hopefully it's been helpful. That was Brad Stevens. He's the founder and CEO of Outsource Access. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And if you want to ask us anything, then just drop us an email to ask at OutsourceAccelerator.com. See you next time.